But at the same time, you're thinking to yourself, well, I thought Pinocchio was all right. I thought that Fantasia had some interesting religious themes, although it was a little scary for children. Well, okay, that's your choice. I'm not doctrinaire about it one way or the other. I'm just saying that's a decision that you're going to have to consider. So Walt Disney died in 1966, and during the late 60s and, and 1970s, the studio's approach gradually changed. Its fantasy and science fiction films began to show symptoms of the spreading moral confusion in that genre. Bad guys were at times presented as complex souls, inviting pity, if not sympathy. Good guys were a little more tarnished than they once had been, and indeed were frequently portrayed as foolish simpletons. A strain of realism had children had entered children's films, sadly so, because a child's hunger for literature, visual or printed, is his, is his quest for a more real world. This is important, too. See, the theme of this is is uh, essentially the battle for your child's imagination. And I was talking to a good priest about this. And you see, it's a natural good human reality. It's a natural good human reality that we want to have imaginative tales to consider. And in fact, we could probably all do we could probably do well for ourselves if we read a little bit more fiction. I know I don't read enough fiction. So my kids now, I got a five-year-old, four-year-old, three-year-old, and tomorrow a two-year-old. The oldest three, you know, the, the, the three-year-old, she's kind of, she kind of, she's kind of like a dog where she sees a squirrel and squirrel, she sort of looks the other way. So she can't really pay attention that long to a story, but she's getting pretty good. But the oldest two, they love to listen to me read stories. So often before bed or in the middle of the day, whenever, we'll read something like the Little House in the Prairie books, you know, the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, or we read Secret Garden. We'll read something like that. And I find not only is it, benefit, is it, is it a benefit for them, but for me, it's almost more of a benefit. I sort of escape into childhood. I'll hear them snoring away, realize they're asleep, but I just kind of finish the chapter anyway, because I really want to know what happens. So fiction is, is good. So I was talking to this good priest and he said, it's not enough to just to protect our kids. We do have to do that. That's first and foremost. First and foremost, you shelter your children from the things that will harm them. But you can't just shelter them from those things and then say, here's nothing in, in you know, here's nothing to replace that vacuum because, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. The article continues. It says. He needs to know what is truly heroic in simple, memorable terms. He needs to see the hidden foundations of his world before the complexities and the nuances of the modern mind come flooding in to overwhelm his perceptions. The creators of the new classics had failed to grasp this timeless role of the fairy tale. Well, maybe they didn't fail. Maybe they did it on purpose, but that's his opinion. Or if they had grasped it, they arbitrarily decided it was time to change it. What began as a hairline crack began to grow into a chasm. The Watcher in the Woods is a tale of beings from another dimension, seances, ESP, and channeling, a story that dramatically influences the young audience to believe that occult powers, though sometimes frightening, can bring great good for mankind. And that's the main problem. I don't know if he talks about Harry Potter in this one here, because I think it's mainly about Disney, but that's actually one of the main issues with Harry Potter. Yes, there's definitely uh, spiritual issues and, and exorcists and things that talk about that, but one of the reasons why, uh, even if those um, spiritual issues were overblown, let's just, it's for the sake of argument here, let's just say that for the sake of argument, okay? Don't get mad at me. Mr. Hall saying read Harry Potter. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying even if the spiritual uh, problems weren't there, I'm saying 
just the fact that in Harry Potter, you have a consequentialist morality. That's actually the main reason that would trip me off right away. You can use magic as a literary device. You know, good fairy tales and, you know, you have to understand too, fairy stories, as they're called in England, they come out of a Christian culture. They straddle that line between fantasy, imagination, and whimsy. And they're the result of a pure imagination. Hence why you can entertain these warm, almost real musings that do bring you some sort of understanding and peace of soul. But at the same time, you don't confuse them with objective reality. You know, sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I'm not going to read my kids fairy tales because I don't want them to be confused about the existence of God. Well, with all due respect, uh, at the height of Christendom, telling your children fairy stories and folklore was, uh, was, was, was the modus operandi of every culture. So I don't think that's the issue. I understand the sentiment. You know, you're looking at Disney, you're looking at these things and going, well, it's all become complete and utter garbage nonsense. So therefore, I want none of that in my house. But don't conflate the, 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 the bastardization of these stories with the good Christian root of these stories. Fables are the same thing. All the apostles, all the church fathers, all the saints, they would have been raised on various fables because that's what culture does. But they didn't confuse them with objective reality. There's another story he talks about. He says, Pete's dragon is the tale of a cute, friendly dragon who becomes a pal to the young hero and helps to defeat the bad guys. In another time and place, such films would probably be, would be fairly harmless. Their impact must be understood in the context of the much larger movement that is inverting the symbol, the symbolic life that grew from the Judeo-Christian revelation. This is more than just a haphazard development, more than just a gradual fading of right discernment in the wake of a declining Christian culture. This is an anti-culture pouring in to take its place. That's a good statement. Some of its full frontal attack, but much of it is subtler and pleasurably packaged. Still more of it seems apparently harmless, but the undermining of a child's perceptions in forms that are apparently harmless may be the most destructive of, of all. That's exactly right. That's poisoning the candy for the children just enough that they keep eating it and don't know that they're getting sick, but eventually it kills them. If you're just tuning in, this is Kennedy Hall. You're listening to the Kennedy Profession on the Crusade Channel, which is the last live radio station standing. Call in at one 844 TheCrusaderChannel.com forward slash chat, Crusader chat room. That's CrusaderChannel.com forward slash chat. The Crusader chat room is doing its thing. And they're having a lively conversation right now about Disney, Harry Potter, etc. I knew that would happen. That's why I brought up the topic. So if you are listening on the free stream, this is going to end pretty soon, next week. And I know you like what you hear. So now that you're hooked, to get your fix, you got to sign up. Go to crusadechannel.com forward slash Kennedy. Or if you already know how to sign up for the trial, you know how to sign up in general. Just do that with using the coupon code Kennedy. Help out the new show. Keep it going. If you do feel so charitably inclined, you can also donate. Go to shop.mikechurch.com. The product's available there. The crowdfunding initiative for the Kennedy profession. Also, if you go to crusadechannel.com forward slash chat, you can donate there. Someone just said in the chat that he likes Harry Disney. That's funny. 
By the 1990s, old fairy tales such as Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and Little Mermaid were being remade by Walt Disney Productions in an effort to capture the imagination and the market potential of a new generation. Little Mermaid represents an even greater break from the original intention of the fairy stories than early retellings such as Cinderella. This is true. Cinderella had uh, issues there. We see a little messaging, very gradual. But it wasn't like Cinderella was uh, a massive, immodest, you know, uh, borderline pornographic movie. But, but, but Mermaid does that. The mermaid's father is shown to be an unreasonable patriarchist, and, he justif- that, and she justifiably rebels in order to obtain her desire, marriage to a land-based human prince. She swims away from home and makes a pact with an evil sea witch who turns her into a human for three days long enough to make the prince kiss her. If she can entice him to do so, she will remain a human remain a human forever and marry him. So far, the film is, is close to Hans Christensen and, Christian Anderson's original fairy story, but a rad- radical departure is to be found in the way the plot resolves itself. Despite the disasters, The Little Mermaid causes, uh, causes only other people suffer the consequences of the wrong she has done. And in the end, she gets everything she wants. Charming as she is, she is really a selfish brat whose only abiding impulse is a shallow romantic passion. In the original Anderson tale, The Little Mermaid faces some difficult moral decision and decides for the good, choosing in the end to sacrifice her own desire so that the prince will remain happily married to his human bride. As a result of her self-denial, she is taken up into the sky among the children of the air to the benign spirits who do good in the world. You see the difference there. See the difference there. One is a Christian allegory where someone is faced with temptation and they choose chastity. They choose decorum they choose modesty they choose the good and they're rewarded in a spiritual sense yes okay it's uh, uh it's fictional with the spirits of the air and mermaid fine but it's an allegory saint basil the great talking about what christians should do for example with the greek mythologies he said simply take what is good and leave what is bad so you know you read a story like uh hector and troy and achilles and things wonderful messages in there you take what is good you leave what is bad He continues, obviously there has been some heavy-handed editing in the film version, a trivialization of the characters, stripping the tale of moral content and references to God. With a net result that the meaning of the story is seriously distorted, even reversed. In a culture dominated by consumerism and pragmatism, it would seem that the best message modern producers are capable of is this. In the real world, the healthy ego goes after what it wants. You can even play with evil and get away with it. Maybe even be rewarded for your daring by hooking the handsomest guy in the land, winning for yourself your own palace, your own kingdom, and happiness on your own terms. This is far from harmless. Aladdin is another one. I hadn't seen that one since I was a kid. My goodness, is that a terrible movie. Aladdin especially represents the kind of films that are apparently harmless. To criticize it in the present climate, he's writing in the 90s, (laughs) is extremely difficult because so many people in Christian circles have simply accepted it as a family entertainment. 